Hello, and welcome back to the Total Football Analysis Podcast. We've had some tactical theory episodes in recent weeks, but in today's podcast, we will have a very special guest on with coaching experience in the top flight of France and with one of the biggest clubs in Portugal, as well as the City Group 2. Not a bad CV, is it? That man is João Nuno Fonseca, who worked as the coaching methodology analyst for the City Group during the 2017-18 season. The same campaign that Pep Guardiola won his first Premier League title with Manchester City. João later moved to France to become the assistant coach at Liga Club Nantes, before later switching back to his native Portugal to work with Benfica's under-23s alongside Nelson Verissimo, who eventually took over the first team at Benfica. However, he was most recently the assistant coach of Oscar Garcia at Stade de Rem in Liga. Joao has a lot of experience in elite football, working with some fantastic players and with some incredible tacticians, and so I'm delighted that he's agreed to join us today on the podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scully, and I hope you all enjoy the following episode. Before we begin, though, please make sure to rate the podcast. Five stars, hopefully. It's genuinely appreciated so, so much. If the podcast is to continuously grow and get better guests on, we'll need your help, so it really would mean a lot if you could give us five-star ratings, and we'll do our best to bring you the very best audio content that we can. Anyway, I'll stop waffling and begging for Clou, and we'll now go speak to our very special guest, João Nuno Forsheka. João, welcome to the Total Football Analysis Podcast. How have you been? Hi, Adam. Uh, nice to meet you, and uh, thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, from my side, uh, I'm very good. Uh, not the moment with sun in Portugal, so I'm enjoying it. And... Uh, of course, of course, I'm looking forward to have this conversation with you. Well, the sun is out here also where I am in Dublin, Ireland, but I assure you it is freezing cold. Because <laughs> summer in Ireland is, we're actually coming up to summer now, because summer in Ireland starts in May, which is literally like five days away, and it is freezing cold. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, I always say this, so there's a guy we, I do some podcasts with uh, called Brian, and he's from Venezuela. And I asked him what's his idea of cold, and he said 15 degrees Celsius. 15 degrees Celsius to me is like take my top off time. It's it's that warm. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. 15 degrees is cold. Yeah, yeah. That's why we identify when uh, when Irish English people come to- <laughs> with 15 degrees, they are on t-shirts. So I know exactly what is it. <laughs> uh, and you can see the Irish sticking out because they're all they're they're pale white, the red hair, and oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, um, but. Is that <laughs> amazing, Joao? I want to ask you about just a, an easy question to start with. Where did your love of because I know I can kind of pinpoint a part of my life where I was really interested in tactics, a certain moment where I say that really helped spark my interest in the tactical side of the game. Where did your love of football analysis and coaching come from? Can you think of a specific moment or did it just gradually happen? Yeah, the precise moment was uh. On the time when Mourinho um, had uh, his success in Porto uh, in the in the season that he gets the Europa in that time Europa League it was a UEFA Cup mm-hmm. uh, because I was in a moment where uh, I didn't had the chance to go to a international tournament uh, with my college I didn't want uh, I, I I didn't was uh, pick up from the coach to to pick to to play that tournament and uh, it was interesting because on that moment um pick up my attention on the management uh, uh leadership uh, the way he built uh, the team uh, around the players that didn't had too much success and mm-hmm. he won in Europe uh so it was really interesting because on that time I was starting to pick up some notes to pick up some tactical um, ideas that uh, I was exactly on the time where I choose what I wanted to do and following, trying to following a path to to reach uh, the top level. Mm-hmm. I think nowadays, if you want to look at, not to follow in the footsteps of a coach, but if you want to learn about tactics, there's so many facilities online you can go to. I mean, I'm not just saying about, Total Football Analysis, there's a million other websites out there, just threads on Twitter, people constantly posting tactics and analysis. But back then, around 2003, 2004, that wouldn't have been as accessible. So how did you start to learn about the tactical side of the game? 
it was exactly the moment where I felt that the knowledge of the game needs to be needs to be understandable. Otherwise, if you don't understand, because let's pick up an example: a normal people, people that just on turn on yeah. the TV, just look at to the ball, just maybe like the zooming that they mm-hmm. do players when they do a, a dribble. Uh, but I was more interesting in what happened around the ball and uh, far from the ball, you know, because uh, before a goal, what is the relationship of the defensive uh, line mm-hmm. accordingly to the attackers, for example, is reactive or proactive, for example. And these kind of questions start to be on my mind uh, since that moment, because uh, th- that's, I believe that is the beauty of, um, of beautiful of, of football, you know, uh, try to understand why the coaches or the managers uh, take these kind of uh, decisions. Why they do that? Why they change the player for the other one? Uh, why they set up a tactical approach like that uh, against the team that plays out from the back, for example? There is a million of questions that you can do and ask yourself during a game. So um, I try all the time to put myself in the mind of the coach and answer the questions by my own, you know. So mm-hmm. that's that kind of exercise I do, I try to do all the time that I see a match. Exactly. Do you think do you think like the best way then to learn? And obviously you can learn a million of it. There's no one way to learn, but the most ideal way is just to constantly watch football. And I know that sounds rather mundane, me saying, Oh, well, watch football, you learn, obviously, but I feel like even still to this day, the more I watch games, the more I pick little things up that I didn't recognize before. Depending on the approach that you have, mm-hmm. you know, so depending also on what you want to do in the future. Uh, I give you my example. Uh, in the back to 2003, four, let's say, uh, I was more looking to uh, specific moments of the game. You know, uh, and try to understand these kind of uh, ideas that are behind uh, quick defensive transition. Why they mm-hmm. do? Why they try to recover quickly the ball instead of going backwards and uh, defend the goal? Uh, but now I'm in a moment where um, I like to uh, try to understand more in terms of leadership. That's why in these moments after Stade Reims. I I pick up uh, some other sports, other uh, um, management roles uh, to go and ask questions, uh, go to CEOs and ask why they and how they deal with people that work in a factory. Uh, because in the end, um, we are all humans, you know, we have our problems, we have our lives, we have our things. And... Uh, the players is exactly the same, but mm. they play football and in factory they they work to do t-shirts or uh, cars or whatever you know. So uh, this this type of things um, are involving my career, of course, because I like more sometimes more than football understand people. Uh, and uh, if you if you try to understand people, you go more in depth. Uh, to the relationships, to the way of uh, thinking, the way of feeling people, you know, uh, because the tax, the tactics is, they are amazing. And of mm-hmm. course, you can go through a lot of things in depth, but, uh, but in the end, we talk about people. And if we talk about people, you need to understand people in different areas, in theater, in orchestras, uh, in painting, wherever you can mm-hmm up a lot of examples and speak with people um in in this in this way and that's exactly what i did in the in the past few months um to to speak with this uh, a director of orchestra how he can put an orchestra playing in an incredible way the music you know what i mean it's it's because you have egos in orchestra you have mm-hmm. the same things you know so that's why um and i had uh, I had um, this opportunity because yeah, I, I I study in a college that near the college that is a professional um, musical um, school. Mm-hmm. So I know that there's some people, and uh, I pick up uh, a guy to speak with uh, with that uh, with that proposal because in the end, uh, 
in the end, if 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 I try to understand also uh, the way the the way he managed this kind of uh, careers, egos, persons, uh, different perceptions about the music, it's unbelievable. And in, if you make the parallelism to to football, is 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 not the same, but hmm. in the, in a, in a balance that you can pick up and make a good analogy to to football. Well, when you look through your Twitter page specifically, it's very telling that the psychological side of the game or the the the, the human side of the game is extremely important to you. And I think, you know, we all love tactics and, and analyzing matches, but sometimes that can kind of get lost in, you know, the human side can get lost a lot of times, especially in, in things like punditry on TV and when we discuss the game online and, and with our friends, etc. We forget, and it, it's, it seems almost bizarre, that we do yeah. forget it, but we do forget that they are people. And and sometimes it's not always to do with, I suppose, tactics or, or the setup of the team or the, the way the coach, who the coach picks. Sometimes it can be a lot, you know, of a psychological factor too, as to why certain things happen. You know, so I, I find that really interesting when I looked at your, your social media and just touching on the point you made about kind of learning from other things as well. I think Mikel Arteta spoke spoke about learning from a lot of different sports. Pep Guardiola talks about how he learned. I can't remember what when he said this or what the quote is, but he kind of learned to use space through. I think it was handball. Yeah, I find that really interesting. Like, is that is 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 using other sports really, yeah. really uh, important for coaches, especially to understand different dynamics of football that maybe you weren't aware of before yeah and different approaches uh mm -hmm. in the end adam because uh, uh if you look at two other examples you are an open-minded coach and not only focus on on football because in the end there is a need of course to be expert in 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 football in tactics in training and uh but if you are a leader if you go and look uh, to the leaders, um, if I want to to see myself in twenty years, I will not be with Pep or Jurgen on my side. They actually they make their choices by themselves. You know, of course they have the staff, but uh, they will not be on my ear to say, "Juan, do this, Juan, do that." No, no. You pick up these inspirations on people that are on top. Uh, to build your own um, philosophy, your own ideas. And uh, because in the end, it's you. It's you that will speak to the locker room. It's you that will deal the problems that uh, you have on a daily basis. And if you don't learn from the experience that you have or pick up some other experiences, um, I believe that you will be less prepared to, to, to the top-level football. Because... Look at in the past 10, 15 years, how the football uh, had an, an evolution, you know, the technology, uh, the way of thinking trainings. Uh, there is a massive, massive um, evolution on football in the past uh, 15 years, let's say. Look at the English football at the moment. More teams playing out from the back, from the back, have, starting to having the ball as the as the the objective uh, to deal with, uh, not only defending the goal. Uh, so that's amazing how the things are involving and uh, um, making the the evolution in a way that uh, you cannot predict what's what's going to happen in ten years. But I believe that you need to be prepared, like uh, like like imagine that you you need a software to update. You need to be updating all the time. You need the version ten point five or whatever yeah. <laughs> you have. You know, so it's 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 a kind of uh, a kind of that way that I believe that all the time we need to learn. You need to read. You need to uh, look to new things because we are we are growing. Our society is growing mm. very fast, very fast. And if you are not um balanced in the in the minds of the players also in their uh using of technology on a daily basis you will be far from the needs that they need on the on the next on the That's next year a really interesting point you brought up it's actually 
one of the points I have written down to speak about later, but I'm gonna bring I'm gonna ask you now because we're on 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 the topic of it. You said about kind of trying to evolve yourself and update yourself, which is obviously extremely important. But I think it was on the the Modern Soccer Coaching Podcast again with John McKenzie, who works at TIFA Football. He's one of the presenters of TIFA Football. But Gary Kernin of the MSC podcast asked John about analysts and how they maybe update themselves. And he said, he brought up an interesting point that I'd love to get your take on it. Is it the role of the analyst and the coach to constantly update themselves as well? Or is it the role of the kind of the club to give them the tools to do that? And what I mean by that is, I, I know from a little bit of experience, and again, I, I wouldn't have nearly as much of experience as you, working mm-hmm. in football is extremely heavy in terms of, of time, and you have very little time to do yeah. a lot of stuff you would like to do. So, you know, as we said about updating yourself, if you want to learn different methods, you want to, you know, go and, and speak to this person, this person, go to talks. Throughout the season, if you're working in football full-time, there's very little time. Yeah. to do that so do you think it's still the and it's from your experience of course i'd love to know is it do you think it's the the role of the analyst and the coach to ensure they're constantly updating or do you think clubs should start playing a bit more of a role in helping their coaches to find new ways or analysts to find new ways to analyze game better ways use better technology etc i think i think nowadays the the clubs uh, plays a massive role in terms of giving time to the employers or uh uh, all people around cl- the club to have time to produce their own tasks, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm back in, uh, let's say, 2011, uh, where I was uh, a position analyst, uh, performance analyst of the team. I did all the things around uh, the professional teams in terms of the analysis in Academica. And uh, at the same time, in the end of the day, I was assistant coach in the U23s. Uh, in the, so I didn't have time uh, even to think by my, on, on myself, you know. And uh, looking now to the facilities that you have in terms of uh, receiving um, the, the, the games already called it. Uh, receive the, and the, the, the numbers that you can get from... Uh, a lot of platforms. I think what is going to need in the updating is the way how you look to the things, you know? So the way how I look to an attacking organization. Okay, there is a team that play out, out from the back since uh, from the goalkeeper. Okay, how we will face that? How I will prepare a training exercise to context this uh, situation? How the players will understand that uh, if they have more time uh, the ball they will try to understand that the opponent will uh, will need more time to pick up and make the pressure like uh, to to pick up the ball so try all the time to 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 produce uh, uh, thoughts to produce exercises to have time to think exactly what you need because if you give more time to the an analyst to think about uh, the process, you will give more time to the coach to prepare it. And look to the now nowadays to how the companies are building an automated way to to make analysis. In the end, it's just to pick up the right clips to mm-hmm. show to the players because everything is coded, everything is almost done, but. What is not uh, done is the way how you look to the things, the way how you can put in the players' minds what is needed for the match. Because in the end, is performance. In the end, is to win. I don't. Cons- I, I I cannot cons- uh, have a, the concept of look to the things without having in my mind that I want to beat this opponent. Mm-hmm. I, that's that's my way of looking to the to the things as a coach. I need to look the things and produce content that the players will be comfortable when we reach uh, to the initial whistle, whistle of the of the referee and that's it and the game starts the game starts already in the training otherwise you are losing time that's really interesting and uh, and it's it, it's actually a, it's your answer was pretty amazing it was kind of better than I, I would have expected but it, it, it reminded me of 
a lot of clubs that are in Ireland, and I don't want to name names of clubs, I just know from experience of looking inside and how they analyse games and things like that, it's all done pretty the same. They kind of they all do it the same way, the same methods. And it's like when you go in, they say, okay, well, we do it this way. And I think I've spoken to analysts that work at clubs, and I can only speak from experience in Ireland, of course. I'm sure every country is different. But the, there's no room almost for the innovation that they want from their analysts to to innovate and to, well, actually, I have this way of doing it, and what about this way? And we try this, and we try this. It's all done the same way. They break the same, the, the game down the same way, and I just find it quite, again, like, and this is why I wanted to ask, because it was like clubs, I feel, have some sort of responsibility to ensure that they are they are breeding innovation, you know, because I mean, you want to win. You don't want to just do everything the same way as everyone else in the league. I think it's so it's important. So I, I'm 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 glad you answered um, that. It's it's really really difficult uh, to make it different and make mm. others understand the different way of looking to the things are also good, you know, mm. because. Uh, the normal things is to do the same as like the other do. You know what I mean? So if uh, a club does does the analysis or uh, if the coach prepares a training session like this, if you do differently, it will create uh, uncertainty. It mm. will create doubt in the first moments, in the first weeks. Um, let's go behind the idea of uh, on the training site, on the training sessions, who uses all the time the ball? If you say that this uh, in the last twenty years ago, if you if you backwards in twenty years, if you say if you work, if, if I will work all the time with the ball, they will they will laugh because and <laughs> it's you know it's more athletic, it's more mm. running, it's more no no. Uh, in the end, you play with the ball. That's it. And if you go around, it's, it's the same as there is a professor here in Portugal, Vitor Fratz, that says something amazing that uh, if you're a pianist, uh, how a, a pianist trains, yes. not training around the, the piano, you know? Was that the, 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 the professor who was credited with inventing tactical periodization? Yes, exactly. Yes, in, yes, yes, yeah, yes. It's a very renowned professor and uh, here in Portugal. And is is something that if you pick up this, if you pick up the idea uh, and you make, again, analogies, it's amazing because you can produce some other things, you know? So I think I think in the same uh, in same path. Throughout your time as working as a, a coach and an analyst, or, or was it you were an analyst force, correct? And then you transitioned into coach. Actually, I'll ask you about that force. What was the transition like? Because I find yeah. that I'd find that quite daunting now. No, it's you know in the end uh, I w- I had a um, I had a, an opportunity when I was finishing my third year of university. Village mm-hmm. Boas were were a head coach in academic, and it was interesting because I invited him to to go to the university to give an open class to to the people in the university, and it was incredible because in a conversation with him. Uh, he told me, João, you need to understand clearly the game. And the analysis give you that opportunity. The analysis, if you go in depth to work on the analysis, you you will understand the game uh, very deeply. So uh, I combined both since the beginning. Uh, And now, of course, I'm completely focused on coaching um, tasks. Uh, But you cannot forget the analysis. You cannot forget the concept, the experience, the 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 importance that you give to the analysis. That's clear for me. And uh, if if you have if if you have the opportunity to combine both, I think the growing it's more it's with more foundations. You know what I mean? You will understand the different things, the different approaches. Why we do this exercise? Um, questions of the hows and whys, you know, all the time I do this. I do, I look to one defensive organization, I think, okay, how I can uh, build an exercise around this, you know? So context, con- all the time contextualize the, the ideas that I have uh, behind uh, behind that. Well, I think tactically in the last 15 odd years, there's been a, a serious 
evolution in football. I think football can, is completely, not completely changed. I mean, the fundamentally, the sport is still the same. You still kick a ball with 22 guys in the pitch. But I mean, in terms of how, how you go about it, tactically, we've had such a an evolution over the last 15 years, especially in Europe. But did the biggest evolution in your eyes happen on the pitch or on the, the training pitch? Because there's also has been a massive evolution in coaching methodologies in terms of how different our top level coaches coach. And I think somebody mentioned this to me recently. They said that like so many people try and distinguish two managers by their, the tactics they use in the pitch, whether it be Arteta and Pep. And they say, well, well, they're quite similar in style. And he said, they're so different on the training pitch though. And that's how you should distinguish coaches. So has there been, and do you, and even now when I think of like, how much more room is there for tactical evolution in the sport now? Now, I'm not saying there won't be any tactical evolution. It's just because we can't see it, you feel like there's almost a block now where it can't really go any further. But can you see there being massive evolution on the training pitch? Is that where, you know, from from your experience, how much has it evolved? I think it's uh, evolved 100%. I think Mm. trainings and the training, the coaching methodology... Uh, gave the tools to the players to produce different concepts that you didn't see 20, 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look now the role of the goalkeeper playing in the attacking organization. uh, 10 years ago, you didn't saw that. If you saw the goalkeeper on the box, and even if he he, uh, goes out of the box, it's a crazy thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Now, now I believe, I really believe that... uh, the, the coaching methodology, much richer you mm-hmm. be, uh, much richer is going to be your, your game. Uh, like I said to you, I cannot uh, uh, do different things in training and after request the players in the game to do different things. No, it's everything the same. Of course, you play 11 against 11 and in training session you produce a uh, 7v7 plus 3 exercise of course but this is to provoke something to the players to provoke what you wanted to your game you know what i mean but again most and foremost i need to be consistent uh in the way how i want to transmit the the players my principles you know so and this will generate a, a, a way of playing you know a way of the player's perception regarding what you want to be on the pitch. Mm-hmm. So in the end, the, the people and the fans will recognize the team on the pitch. That's something brilliant in um, when I've worked with the City Football Group. The, the, the idea behind the coaching methodology. If you go to New York, look to the New York City playing, mm-hmm. There is similar things with Manchester City. If you go to Melbourne, there is similar things, and you will recognize this. And this is brilliant because, in the end, is the concept behind everything, the concept behind playing. How we can be rec- recognized on the on the world of football, and uh, well, that's 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 something that I pick up from the experience that I that I had also uh, before. Uh, that I bring with myself uh, to to apply. Can I ask you about your time with City Group then? Because I believe you also worked under uh, Renato Paiva at Benfica. Is that correct? Yeah, I I work uh, not directly with him because he was head coach with uh, with the B team. I was mm-hmm. with the twenty threes, but of course I had a lot of conversations with with Renato. Yeah. It's uh, it's a person that I. Uh, praised most, and it's it's a very good coach, and uh, so so of course you can you can ask me the thing. Well, uh, the reason I brought Renato up was because he also worked with uh, Bayer, who I believe are also a yeah. team in the City Group. Yeah. Is from your experience, and 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 you said you like the idea of 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 the City Group, of course, and how all their teams kind of play the same. But what I wanted to ask you was how. How did they get to that point? Was it they they put coaches like Renato in charge? Now I I, I believe Renato's no longer with Bayer, but but he was there for a couple of months at least. But did they put coaches like Renato in charge of teams that share the same methodology or the same ideas in terms of how football should be played, or do they put coaches in charge and and show them the blueprint and say this is how we do it? I would say Adam. Uh, 
uh, answering your question, uh, going more in depth on the things. Mm -hmm. So, uh, to reach a game model, um, you 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 cannot uh, you cannot forget something that is identity and game idea. You know, so picking up the identity, the identity is basically who I am. So it's it's not it's invariable. You know what I mean? So uh, it's something that this is who I am. Uh, this is my identity card, let's say. And the coach in football is recognized by that. Go look to Deserve at, at the Brighton mm -hmm. moment. You can recognize uh, an identity that is in his blood, let's say. The, the teams, all the teams that you play, uh, you see uh, Deserve uh, coaching have their this kind of uh, way of playing mm -hmm. so going back to that um of course the 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 if you go now to the game idea is the intentions that you want to your team offensively and defensively and this can be versatile otherwise uh if you if you don't adapt to the context that you are and if you don't look to the players that you have at the moment in your disposal uh, your game idea uh, needs to be um, versatile, needs to be adapted to exactly the context that you have. And when you enter to the game model, you go to the operationalization of the of the process. How can I put my team playing in a way that is similar to the other ones? Mm -hmm. And this in this game model, in this uh, coaching model uh, that is adaptable, you enter in the in the way that the principles, the 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 ideas behind, the, let's say, an attacking organization, how to build exercises in this way. That's why in in um, in in football you have teams uh, that play in a similar way. You know, so that's why you can uh, be adaptable in these in these ideas. So. Again, you go looking for coaches that the identity is one, but the intentions for their game is in the same uh, in the same level. Mm -hmm. So is is in behind this idea that uh, that was built. Do you like the idea of having a lot of different styles? And of course, I'm not talking about City Group in this respect because the teams all share the same or a yeah. similar type of, of style of play. But there's a lot of teams that maybe don't play a style of football that everyone would would deem to be very attractive or, or appealing. And of course, I'm not going to name them. I'm sure you can think of a few. But it was actually David Moyes, who's at West Ham United now, brought up a point on the coach's voice before, I remember. And he said, without having that tactical different or the tactical differences in, in leagues and like leagues like the Premier League, etc., or in Europe, the league would become stale. And he said, mm -hmm. it's important that we have different styles. Where do you weigh in on that argument? Because while, yes, I, I suppose to a certain degree, it does make the league, the Premier League, richer if there's different styles. If everyone played the same way, it would be yeah. quite boring to watch. Is probably the best way to put that. But there's also the argument that it's kind of the job of the not the job of the coach, but I suppose the idea of football is to, to entertain. People pay to be entertained. And then you weigh that up versus the winning argument. You know, it's more important to win than than to play beautiful football. And then, of course, you throw in the Jose Mourinho quote where he says that uh, not many poets win titles, etc. Uh, sorry, yeah. I know that was quite a long-winded question, but I hope you understood what I was oh. trying to get at. Well, uh, I, love, I love the idea behind uh, having different styles on a league. Mm -hmm. And I also le uh, love the idea of a team that can produce different things inside the game. Let's pick up something that I I thought uh, and I shared already some years ago. Um, that uh, that's that's where I look the football uh, make an evolution is picking up on the on the strategies that you have for for the game. So imagine that a team is um, preparing a game against, um, let's say, uh, City. 
okay and they have uh, they have the same uh, philosophy the same way of the style the same principles let's say or way of living the game but you face the game and saying to the players that in the first 10 minutes we don't have the ball we don't want the ball we we will approach the game like this you will create uncertainty on the opponents you will create and give to the the opponent something that they didn't expect they didn't expect this in the first 10 minutes of course accordingly to the game the things can change but mm. the principle and the strategy is in the first 10 15 minutes we don't want the ball we just want counters and after that that is something that we will say and we will start to pick up and play the football that we want the, the variability of this in depth it will create different things, you know. So that's why, uh, of course, nowadays you see teams playing in a low block, defending the box, playing only in counterattacks during the 90 minutes. But imagine that in different moments of the game. Imagine that a team that perceives and understands the game in this way. Look to Brighton at the moment. If they like to have the ball. They like to produce... Uh, attacking uh, style, style mm -hmm. of football in possession. But if Brighton produces different things during the same match, in terms of time, in terms of defending really, really compact during 10 minutes and give the others the, 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 the sense to have the ball, imagine this during 19 minutes. And I believe that in football, this will be much more evident in the in the next years yeah that's really interesting yeah. yeah in terms of in terms of your own idea then of how the game should be played how do you so so say you 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 take a job with a, a coach who mm -hmm. wants to bring you in and maybe you don't share the same ideology is it really important for a coach or an analyst even to be able to adapt your 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 belief to the managers are to the team because maybe okay maybe they don't have the players to play that style maybe the yeah. manager wants to go a certain a different tactical route than you believe is is your preferred style would you do you think it's really important for coaches to be able to be flexible to still coach that style so if it's a more direct counter-attacking style as opposed to having possession and, and building yeah. out from the back do you think it's really important for a coach and analyst to be able to adapt to that and say well okay it's not my preferred style but here's how we coach it yeah i think it's fundamental to be adaptable mm fundamental otherwise um you, you you can reach to a certain club that is uh, don't have the tools let's say the players that you want and uh, you need to work in a way that feel and make them feel uh making an evolution you know what i mean so if you pick up you, you will not change the players you'll make them uh better let's say, mm -hmm. you know, so how can we do them better? Let's pick up how they are and let's make them something that they don't know, but they are making an evolution accordingly to something. And uh, this came from my experience that I have in different cultures. Uh, Adam is from Qatar, uh, in France, uh, different ways of thinking and understand the football from Qatar, players that don't understand nothing about football, mm -hmm. but they they start to picking up the importance of build-up. Okay, how can we build up? How can we recognize there is an attacking transition in a way that we wanted to produce? Uh, so there is a constant adaptation. And this, like you said, for me, it's fundamental to have this kind of adaptation to the context, to the players that you have. So, and like I said uh, already some some years ago, I, I I'm not a coach that want to leave everything in ten years. That's mm -hmm. why I'm very calm in my in my career uh, to don't go quickly to head coach or you know what I mean. So I mean, I like the things like a foundation of a house, be with a good foundation and then put the, the house uh, um, in an ecological way of be um sustainable you know what i mean so yeah. if comes a storm you are sustained if comes a sun perfect amazing the, the 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 house is fresh also you know what i mean so 
it's an ecological way of uh, feel the thing. So that's why I love the real projects that you can go, you can put your uh, experience there, but don't forget of what they are at the moment. Don't forget the past of the club. Don't forget the philosophy that was applied in the last years from the last coach, because there is experience that you will never never forget. But since the moment that you enter, there is the experience that you will bring in, that you will put uh, on the club, make the club better, make the players better, make the structure uh, believe that it's possible to do something different. But it takes time. It takes time because the adaptation, the way of feel the culture, the way of feel the players is not is not like like this. Is not is not that. It's, it takes time. Look, Mikel Arteta at uh, Arsenal. How he built something amazing, and tonight they will play against City to fight for the title. That's it. And in the end, the people now look backwards and say, ah, oh, Arsenal in that times maybe fired the coach and maybe they had performance uh, if they fire Arteta with two, three matches, mm-hmm. four matches. But again, they start back again. Look Chelsea at the moment. Look Chelsea at the moment. With the million players with <laughs> that cost millions, where they are. Yeah. So in the end, the foundations of something needs to be um, really sustainable. Otherwise, it will fall quickly. Fall and I quickly. think, unfortunately, people just, especially in this day and age and at the, the highest level, clubs and owners, just and fans especially, don't give patience for those foundations to be built. When you look at Arsenal, I remember, and again, I'm not going to call any names out, but I remember Arteta Out t-shirts been sold I think it was last year, the year before, and fans were, were selling T-shirts to get them out. And now yeah. they're, as I said, if they beat Manchester City tonight, they were on course for a first league title in 20 years. But but these kind of lessons, it will enhance the society. Mm-hmm. I believe that in five, ten years, something can change. Something can uh, bring to the people's mind and director's mind. When you hire a coach, you hire an idea. You hire the experience. And this needs time to to have performance. Performance is not numbers. Performance is not, in my opinion, eh, Adam. Attention, it's it's something that I felt is not the, everything now can be uh, quantitative. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? From Manchester to London, you take the train in two. I don't know, two hours. My car, it took three hours and thirty. Everything is by numbers. Mm-hmm. Everything, but feel the things. Feel. The qualitative side of of the of the what you do in the life and everything you need to be uh, you need to have the perception you need to understand you need to look to the things in another perspective. In my opinion, again, but nowadays the society is so uh, quick. If you want uh, news from uh, Japan, you go to Twitter and you click mm-hmm. Japan, and the, all the news are there. So yeah. it's 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 this. And don't have time. The society don't have time. But I believe in real projects that uh, you can have time to. And produce. I, I think your comments actually are, are so important now in this season because in the Premier League there's been a record number of managerial dismissals. So you've had fourteen now already. And and let's be honest, I don't think most of them were were, in my opinion, too too warranted. I mean, again, it was quite rash decisions. It was. You know, you can say it was rash to sack Thomas Tuchel. Then you can say it was rash to sack Graham Potter. It was rash to sack uh, uh, Patrick Vieira after they played a lot of really, really difficult games and had a very comfortable run in them to the end of the season. People just, and you're right, people just don't have time anymore and they they don't want to anxious. They are anxious for results. Anxious and anxiety, but that's why the society, if you go to a clinic... I have anxiety. How I can... No, no, you take this pill and that's it. Mm. No, no, football is not like that. You don't take the pill and you will uh, win matches. You know what I mean? So uh, everything needs time. Everything needs time to be correctly uh, in the right way, in the right path. But um, if you don't change the culture, if you don't try to uh, pass the message in another way, we will remain in the same in the same page. 
-hmm. And I believe that we need to turn the page. We need to to look to the examples that we have in the in the last years and look to the things in a different way. That's why I, I love I love projects. The people mm-hmm. say, ah, but there is no uh, there is no um, projects that you can have time. It's true. At the moment it's true, but you can go to a club and try to change this mentality. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to change these kind of things. It's up to you to talk to the people and feel them and and try to for them to feel that is possible to have time to to change the things at chelsea for example they have an amazing squad in, on youth an amazing squad how can, how can, they cannot put players on first team in a regular basis you know what i mean so mm-hmm. there is something look at benfica look at benfica i worked there during 3 years and i know how is possible to put the players on the first team with a good level. Mm-hmm. You need time. You need to give time to the players and experience to the players for them to feel the highest level. You don't. I don't expect that a player that goes directly from the under 19s to the first team and produces like Antonio did uh, on the first team. Antonio is in a case unbelievable and, defender, by the way. Unbelievable. That's that's it. But you you give them the tools. Mm. And then it's up to them and the way they feel, the way they understand the coach's idea uh, and also the personality because Antonio is a very calm guy. I remember him when I coached him in uh, under 23s. He's a very calm guy that in difficult situation, he's like in a sofa, you know what I mean? It's completely calm. It's uh, the 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 balanced way that he have in... in when his... he played against PSG, Juventus, playing against some of the greatest players on the planet and he was yeah. amazing he was so calm and I'm pretty sure he scored against PSG yeah yeah, yeah. unbelievable yeah. yeah that's it uh Adam in the <laughs> again you give the tools and uh they they will they will perform like they are you know so well, well staying on that then in terms of as kind of tying everything in with time and and, and developing players a lot of coaches come into clubs when teams are struggling and they try and Developed, mm-hmm. they developed the collective. I mean, Antonio Conte was a great example of that. He developed the the collective at Spurs after uh, uh, Nuno was sacked, I believe, and and mm-hmm. he managed to get them top four, got some good results, and it kind of quickly fell apart. And I don't think there was many players that developed individually during his time. Again, this is just my 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 own personal opinion here. But do you think it's do you think it's more important to develop the players in order for eventually and it might take longer for like Mikel Arteta did you know you get the end result far in, or in the future maybe but you develop the players to become better players and then okay you, if if there's some weaknesses in the team you have a couple of transfers to replace them or do you think it's more important to develop the collective first I think I think uh, the individual will make the collective force you know mm-hmm. what I mean if you if you if you build uh, the, the the individual, if you build the, the project of a player that will perform in the next two years in the first team, he needs time. He needs time to perform. He needs time to, to make mistakes. He needs time to, uh, to don't be blamed when he, he do the first mistake. You know what I mean? To don't be... That's really important because if we talk about a player that have uh, 18 years old... Hmm. The, the emancipi- emancipation that he have to play in the first team, but if he make a mistake, uh, there is a lot of judgment from the fans. There is a lot of judgment because ah, we lost two points because of this guy. No, no. Maybe today you lost three, uh, two points, but in the future you will win 20 points because he will defend better than uh, and perform better than other ones. So, mm-hmm. Again, we go backwards on the on our conversation in terms of uh, how quick the society is is growing and uh, <laughs> everything is so fast, everything is so uh, quick from the people that uh, you don't have time to even think to have a project of a player. Like I said mm-hmm. to you, uh, Premier League two, the teams that under twenty one, you have a lot of talent there. You have a lot of talent, but you need to have time, time for them to build uh, their personality when they lose, when they win. Uh, 
uh, that's really, really important. Of course, if you reach the first team level, that's going to be performance. That's going to be result ending, you know. But in that in that gap, in that moment of of um, of their careers, they need they need to have time. Otherwise, it's going to be all the time the same. Like Chelsea at the moment in the first team, they spend millions and look where they are at the moment. But mm -hmm. I believe that in the near future, they can build really, really good things. But they need time. You cannot put Enzo playing uh, with John Felix like uh, they have at the moment. You know what I mean? So that's that's that needs time to build relationships, you know? That's that's for me uh, funda fundamental. Otherwise, uh, there is not only actions uh, that happen. Actions are different from interactions. You know what I mean? So if you optimize the patterns, if you optimize the organizations, the player will understand better himself. Mm -hmm. You know, But better in himself playing. So that's why I believe... If you build good structure on the individuals, you will have a collective force that will be enhanced in the in the in the future. And again, coming just coming back to the whole idea of of society and their their fascination with with time or their lack of it. I suppose you you have we have apps now like TikTok where you'll watch a video for a couple of seconds. People's attention spans are are rapidly dwindling i feel so to give a coach to if you're if a board says oh we're going to give this coach at least two years to get things right they don't want to hear it because everything just society now needs everything given to them now that's yeah. the kind of way we develop i think that's unfortunate i think it's sad um people don't really want to be part of the process anymore they want the end result they want the product so yeah. but but i i I will try take an optimistic approach like you have. I think there's there's a real lesson there to take that approach where you said you believe in the future we can kind of fix that. I've always taken a pessimistic approach that it'll get worse, but I think that's probably not good for my own thought process to think that I should give the benefit of the doubt to society to fix uh, it. Is the same is the same that uh, you can pick up um, a speaker, hmm. you can connect the cable to your iPhone, play on any kind of uh, platform, play music. But it's different if you pick up a disc. I don't know the name of the big discs in England. The vinyls? Exactly. Yeah. The <laughs> and the, the mystic that you have in terms of picking up the disc, put the disc there, playing, turning on. Mm -hmm. If the cable is not there, you will fix it. But in the end, the, the look to the this kind of process. I think the people also like the vintage way of, <laughs> let's yeah. say, to the things and we are backwards on ours uh 90 years uh 90 so so there is there is a lot of things that you can pick up uh from vintage let's say mm -hmm. that you will enjoy nowadays because nowadays is so quickly so quickly everything the music the the football the tiktok the tiktok look look to the, to the young guys that how quick they move the finger to see another video. Yeah. There is two seconds. What is this? There is no two seconds in football. You know what I mean? So um, that's that's interesting. Well, the last thing I want to bring up, just because I'm aware we're after coming up to time, but I'd, I'd be kicking myself if I didn't ask you about just yeah. being an assistant coach on the sideline, really, and kind of just in general, how do you trans transmit information to the players and the coach? And something I always wanted to know is, during a game, you see coaches going up to managers and they're they're speaking or whatever. What are they? I'm sorry, I know this sounds silly, but what are they? What are they talking about? Like, what kind of inf information are you giving to the manager? It will depend all the time uh, who is the manager, mm. how we how the manager uh, likes or don't like to receive uh, information during the game, because there is managers that like to understand if our strategy is working against uh, the opponent because for example if we are pressing with two in front uh, maybe the, something is not working so well uh, and you go up to him and say maybe it's better with three and you switch and maybe the ana the analyst up, up on the on the stand says that uh, Maybe you are giving too much space between the mid midfield line and the defensive line attention, and you give this information, and we need to be more compact. So this type of objective information 
it's really important for the assistant to filter what comes from the analyst and what is the need of giving to the coach. That's why the role of the assistant coach is is uh, is so demanding and so um, tough, let's say, because you need to deal with a lot of things. You need to deal with, uh, with the phone that is in your ears and filter the information, mm -hmm. think about how we can manage the information to the to the head coach. So all this stuff needs to be digested, let's say, and then pass the information to um, to the coach. So it's for me, it's it's fascinating, and I'm enjoying uh, to have this uh, to have this role. Uh, but uh, honestly, I don't know what's going to happen in the next uh, in the next months. Well, a quote yeah. I a quote I heard that I absolutely loved was that the analyst should be the eyes of the coach. And do you know who said that? No idea. You. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> you said it on the the uh, MSC podcast with Gary Cunningham, and I loved it. I thought it was an amazing quote, and and it it made me think that coming back to an earlier point, the way you see the game isn't how the manager sees the game, and you kind of have to look at it through his eyes because he is the manager. And when you're, I'd imagine, when you're feeding information to him, it needs to be almost in his mindset of how he wants the game to be played, how he wants the team to play. With is, is that a fair assessment? I go, I go more in depth. Maybe needs to be the brain also of the coach. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, uh, the, the 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 information that you pick up from your eyes is digested by your brain. Let's say it's it's filtered by your brain. So that's why it's really important nowadays with the with the with the evolution of football. If you think in strategies, because you see th something, okay, you can describe what is happening. On that moment that I I can't remember honestly when I had this podcast with with Gary. That was 2019. It was a long time ago. Anyway, yeah. So that's that's why I'm digesting the information in a way that of course you can be the eyes, but mm -hmm. more than eyes now it's the brain because now you need to digest more the information, not only see and describing the information, but more giving solutions to what is happening uh, at the moment. Because we will need to have solutions to some problems. Mm -hmm. And in the end, of course, it's your brain that uh, it will give the intuition in terms of deciding what's what's going to be the change or what's going to be the, 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 the different thing that we will uh, do. But again, uh, Adam, in the end, it's decision, intuition, and how better the, the, the analysis and, and the, let's say the assistant um, assists the manage the manager better will be the information that you pass to the players mm -hmm. more precise is going to be the information Joao I could talk to you all day I'm genuinely so grateful <laughs> for the insight you gave it was so invaluable to me and 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 I'd imagine that the listeners will love it and I know they'll love it and um, some of the some of the points you raised were genuinely phenomenal so I want to say a massive thank you for coming on and giving us all your time uh, where can people find you Adam, thank you from from my side. For me, for me, it's a pleasure to to speak about football, and mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's it's something that I really like uh, to 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 share thoughts, to share ideas, and uh, I I make uh, more nowadays regularly on on my social media by by my name, Jonun Fonseca. So uh, you can uh, raise questions, send message. I love to 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 answer it because it's. It's a way of learning also, you know, so a uh, way of look to new things, look to new questions, look uh, to different approaches. And uh, from my side, Adam, thank you very much for your invitation. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it all and uh, have fun in football and in life. Thank you so much. And 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 Joao's account will be linked on our tweet. So we put tweet out about the podcast and I'll 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 tag your account in it. So for those who want to find Joao, go on to our Twitter and then go into his account. Joao, thank you again for so much for coming on. And to all the listeners at home, I hope you enjoyed as well. Make sure to tune in on Tuesday for another regular episode of the oh no, the TFA Scouted Podcast on Tuesday. Apologies for you all to hopefully enjoy. Also make sure to rate the podcast too and share it with your followers, friends, and family, as it really helps us to grow. Thank you all for listening. And goodbye for now. <laughs>